It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, June 10th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Today is the last day to vote in person in Sitka in the special primary election to replace the late Congressman Don Young. Today is also the last day to drop your ballot in the mail in order to have it postmarked by Saturday's deadline. KCAW's Robert Woolsey has more on the special primary. Every registered voter in Alaska received a special primary ballot back in April. It's the one with 48 candidates, most famously Santa Claus, the actual resident of North Pole, Alaska, who legally changed his name a few years ago. Many Alaskans marked their choice on the ballot right away and mailed it in. In fact, for the first statewide election by mail, the turnout has been extraordinary. More than 119,000 people have cast ballots. But there are probably just as many people who might have tossed the ballot out or set it aside to deal with later. Well, later is now. In Sitka, you can drop your ballot in the mail on Friday, or you can take it to the post office and have it hand-canceled. Dropping it in the mail on Saturday is too late, even though that's the official deadline. The Sitka post office doesn't postmark mail on Saturdays. Probably the best way to ensure that your ballot is counted is to take it to the special primary polling location at Blatchley Middle School on Friday and hand it in. If you're one of the people who misplaced the ballot that was mailed to you, you can get a new one from the election worker at Blatchley. I handed in my ballot on Thursday, and Irene Ferguson was on duty. She said that there had been fairly steady turnout by Sitkins, and poll workers were getting extra training to answer questions from voters, and there are many. First off, this special primary is just to select someone to serve out Don Young's term in Congress until January. We each vote for one person on this primary ballot, and then in August, we'll vote in a special election and decide among the four people who won the most votes in the special primary, ranking them in order of preference. This is the first time for Alaskans to use the ranked choice voting system, which we adopted last fall. But at the same time that we're voting in that special election to temporarily fill Don Young's seat in August, We'll also be holding a regular primary and voting on the candidates we hope to see take Young's seat for a full two-year term. And we'll also be narrowing the field of candidates for the U.S. Senate seat currently held by Lisa Murkowski, as well as the statewide offices of governor and lieutenant governor and Sitka's legislators in the Capitol, who are currently Senator Burt Stedman and Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins, although Christ Tompkins has decided not to run again after serving 10 years. Our top choices in the August primary will then appear on the general election ballot in November, when we'll rank our preferred candidates and choose the winners. And, of course, all of this is separate from Sitka's municipal election in October, when we fill seats on the assembly and school board and decide important local ballot questions. This all sounds confusing, and it is. Switching to ranked choice voting was already going to create a learning curve for voters, The untimely death of Congressman Don Young in March, unfortunately, has compounded that challenge. Nevertheless, in Sitka, at Blatchley Middle School, and in every community served by KCAW, there is a special primary polling location and a worker like Irene Ferguson who can assist voters navigate this election. But Friday is the last day to seek their help. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
Sitka reported 25 new coronavirus cases over the last week, and no new hospitalizations were reported. The new cases were reported between June 1st and June 7th. Data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services shows that Sitka's case rate is up slightly from the last week in May, when only 19 cases were reported. Nevertheless, on Thursday, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported that Sitka's community COVID level remained at medium. Over the last two and a half years, the community has reported 2,844 coronavirus cases, 29 hospitalizations, and six deaths. Herring season wrapped up earlier this spring in Sitka Sound with the largest commercial harvest in the history of the Sacro fishery. Herring management nevertheless continues to be controversial and, many would argue, weighted heavily toward market demand in Asia. But what exactly is that market? Earlier this year, KCAW's Catherine Rose spoke with a Japanese anthropologist studying the history of herring in his home country and how the market is changing along with the tastes and habits of the Japanese themselves. Dr. Shingo Hamada is a university professor in Osaka, Japan. He earned his degree in Indiana, studying environmental anthropology and food studies. While a student, Hamada was interested in the history of salmon fishing among indigenous cultures. And during his studies, he met Dr. Thomas Thornton, an anthropologist who has long studied the subsistence herring harvest in Sitka. He said, hey, Shingo, do you know anything about herring fishing in Japan? And uh, I grew up in a kind of southern part of Japan. So at that time, I didn't know much about herring fishing. So I basically said, well, herring? Uh, I don't eat herring much, but uh, on the New Year's Day, I ate kazunoko. Kazunoko is a delicacy made with herring roe. Hamada and Thornton connected over herring in Japan, and their conversations instilled a curiosity in Hamada. I mean, my the professor, my mentor said, you know, I think the the production of herring is increasing in Alaska. And I said the consumption of kazunoko in Japan is decreasing in Japan. So where's the herring go? Yeah, so where's the herring go? And uh, we didn't have any good answers. Where does the herring go? With that question to answer, Hamada began to research the history of herring fishing in northern Japan and the food systems in place today. Hamada says both fish and the eggs imported from Alaska and Canada are used as food. Some eggs are shipped to Japan after being processed in other countries like China. For the fish and eggs that are processed and sold in Japan, Hamada says the market is waning. Traditionally salted herring eggs, or kazunoko, were eaten on New Year's Day. That tradition is still observed, but the dish doesn't always look like it used to. Nowadays, you know, Japanese food way are so much westernized, which means that, you know, still many people, you know, prepare the traditional Japanese food on New Year's Day called Osechi Ryobi. But uh, instead of using, for example, kazunoko or shrimp, a lot of people come to prepare roasted beef or grilled chicken. Rather than trying to revitalize the tradition of herring eggs on New Year's, marketers are instead trying to understand contemporary Japanese consumers. And with some success, they've discovered that flavored herring eggs will sell any time of the year. Typically, salted herring eggs are yellow in color, garnering the nickname Yellow Diamond. But walking down an aisle in a shopping center in Japan today, and you might see herring eggs of different colors. But now, nowadays, you know, we see a lot of, uh, you know, kazunoko 
in brown color, which means they are kind of soaked in the uh, in soy sauce base, you know, dashi broth. And uh, that goes well with you know, a bowl of rice, for example. Then there's kazu chi. That's herring eggs flavored with processed cheese. Kazu chi goes well with beer, wine, and sake. They use a smoked herring egg, the, the smoked kazunoko, and mixed with the, the processed cheese. They're individually packed, and that's a huge hit. While marketers are responding to what seems to be a declining local interest in herring eggs, herring harvesting in Japan has actually increased in the last decade. Japan's centuries-old herring fisheries crashed in the mid-1950s, and the species became commercially extinct. In the late 1970s, the Japanese government established herring hatcheries. For a time, those didn't pay off and people were skeptical, but in recent years, Hamada says the survival rate of the hatchery herring has improved, and each year they're harvesting more and more. Hamada hypothesizes that the government has continued to invest in the hatcheries, not necessarily because of market demands, but because of the cultural value. He says even though the more they catch, the more the value of the fish is driven down, fishermen can't get enough of the large schools coming in to spawn. The commercial fishermen of Hokkaido, because they're still really excited about herring fishing. They said you know, there's something special about herring. Hamada came to Sitka a few years ago during the herring run and learned about traditional herring subsistence from clinket harvesters. And uh, that technique, the traditional indigenous technique of, uh, you know, harvesting herring egg, uh, maintaining a sustainable relationship with herring and human on this, you know, the planet, is just something that I really want to share with uh, local uh, coastal fishermen in Japan. Hamada is a candidate for a Fulbright scholarship. And right now, he's working with the University of Alaska Southeast, planning to move to Alaska in the spring of 2023 to study spawn on kelp fisheries and further investigate the relationship between our respective cultures and the herring we share. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Friday, June 10th, 2022. Today, widespread rain showers, highs in the mid-50s, southeast winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, widespread rain showers, lows in the upper 40s, southeast winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tomorrow, rain showers, highs in the upper 50s, southeast winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. Good morning.